0: Who are part of that 1% to say, we care. We know that the country's broken right now, and we're here in solidarity to help some of those changes happen.
1: I understand that there is passion to be found in the site visits. How do you get those people together? Because they don't have any ordinary way to meet, do they?
0: Well, the great thing is that there's now a network of over 300 community-based foundations in the country. And these are meeting places where people who are looking for money that have nonprofits and donors who are looking to redistribute their money and to find out about interesting opportunities come together and get informed by the staff. And go on site visits periodically or attend forum and discuss together what's needed. And it makes it much easier to be very deliberate about your giving. So does online giving. Now people can really get a a very strong sense of what's in their community by doing some online research. There are all kinds of new forms of philanthropy that are out there now in which you don't have to give give money away alone. And uh, it's a preferred way of giving. I think we enjoy the collective aspect of discussing things and thinking about is this the right way to go.
1: There are a lot of wealthy people, or at least I have the impression that there are a lot of wealthy people who've never really had any experience of what it's like to be without. Is it different for them?
0: Yes, it is. And I can give an example, a very real example that I, I got just last week. I got called by an attorney who said that his client were high-tech folks and they were had lived a very unreal life for many, many years. And they were having trouble with their son, been having a lot of problems in his life. And when I began to talk to the family, it was clear that there was very little bond between them all, a lot of distance. And when it came down to how much were they were giving him for allowance, they said beginning at age 18, he'd gotten $125,000 of annual allowance. Wow. Now, This is just – has no reality for someone. And without tutelage or without support on how to spend that money or how to think about it, they had no one to go to to ask what was real. That kind of isolation, it's a tragedy for a family because it creates a lot of problems, you know, in the kid. And on the one hand, you'd think, such a problem I'd like to have. Um, But I have seen in many wealthy families – and the level of dysfunction that sets in. Years ago, I said one of the greatest strategies for our country will be if we allow our wealthy to become too isolated with their wealth. And that is exactly what's happened. They're disconnected from community need.
1: So I'm curious with this family, did you have recommendations for them? Is there a way to encourage him to engage a little more as well as uh, encouraging his parents to do the same?
0: So I'm working with a family now, and so part of what I'm doing is coaching him. And what we're trying to do is to absolutely shift the sense of isolation of that family, but also give them some projects together. So the more we can bring them into community together, it really humanizes the whole experience. Thousands of people, of course, that are in the top 1% or 5% are involved in philanthropy at a very high level. They're also Hundreds of thousands that are not yet engaged, I think, who are rethinking this. And um, this is a moment of great hope because I do think that issue of feeling complicit of realizing I didn't vote my proxies, I didn't speak up about public policy, I've underpaid the people that have worked for me, I've been a person who has really not done my share for others. Those are moments of breakthrough in consciousness, and I think we're having a lot of that happening, in part because the people in in Occupy Wall Street are all over the world stating that they want us to be thinking and more thoughtful.
1: Yeah, I'm really curious about that. As a matter of fact, I'm curious to know what your feeling is about both sides of that. There is the the 1%, if it is indeed 1%, uh, at whom fingers are being pointed, and you deal with a lot of them in the question of, how generous they're willing to be. I'm curious about the 99%. Is it hard for the 99% to have any sympathy at all for the 1%?
0: It's my belief, actually, that the schism is in some way not, not as useful as everyone assuming responsibility for their part in the breakdown of the system. And what I'm finding is that people in the top 1%, first of all, don't even know they're there. So if you have $6 million or more of assets or... $380,000 or more pre-tax income, then actually you're in the top 1%. And so, first of all, a lot of people that are there are saying, hey, taxation, just as you've you've heard from Gates and Buffett and others, you know, really taxation of the top um, 1% does need to happen differently, and we're prepared and ready to do that. There have been people all over the country talking about that for a long time. What I'm seeing, because I'm part of donor networks, in fact, I was just in Denver A few days ago, when a group of women donors who are all in the top 3% went to Occupy Denver uh, to bring not only donations, but to sit and to listen to the General Assembly. And so there's genuine interest in listening.